Muhammad Ali got on an airplane, and he was flying on a commercial flight, and the flight attendant noticed that he didn't have a seatbelt buckle. The world-famous boxer who said of himself, I'm invincible, and this flight attendant looked at him and said, Mr. Ali, please fasten your seatbelt. And he looked back and smiled and said, Superman don't need no seatbelt. To which she looked back at him and said, Superman don't need no airplane. Fasten your seatbelt. <laughs> Nobody is Superman and no woman is Wonder Woman. We are all vulnerable, and every single one of us have weaknesses, and I want to talk to you today about a weakness that you and I have in our lives, and I want to talk to you about how easy it is to get drawn into an offense and not realize that when you do, that there's a negative impact and there are consequences that will take place in our very own lives. We live in a day where victimhood has gone viral. How many of you have noticed that in the world that we live in? Victimhood has gone viral in America and in the world that we live in. So many people are offended. Have you noticed this? Are you with me? Say yes. So many salty people out there. They're irritated. They're Bitter, thus salty bro today. Are you salty bro? If you are, we're going to help you through that today through God's word. What I want to encourage you to do is to see every offense that comes your way in your life in two steps. Step one, this is a big deal and I want you to understand that. I want you to identify these in two steps in your life. All of us are going to go through this. Step one is the feeling of offense. There is the feeling of offense that we will have. This is what you feel when offense comes into your life. However way it comes in, I'm sure that some of you have had this happen this week, even possibly today, something happened, someone caused you to feel overlooked, maybe even insulted or violated, maybe you feel taken advantage of, not considered you feel offended. And this feeling is not something that you can control. Everyone feels offended. That's step one in the process. Step two, on the other hand, is the choice to live or not live offended. This is the stage that many people are unaware of. They, they assume that feeling offended leaves them no choice but to live offended. But I want you to understand this, just because you were offended doesn't mean you have to live offended. If you agree with that, say yes. So I'm here to help you today. So step one is when someone presents you with the opportunity to be offended. So a person, what they do is they serve you a glass of offense. It could be a family member. It could be a coworker, it could be a teacher about your child, whatever. It could be someone at church, it could be someone in the parking lot. Maybe some of you already felt offended today coming in because of the parking lot. How many of you have ever been there before? Oh, it's happened before, so look, come on, let's get real, right? I got offended in the parking lot because somebody did something. What they did wasn't right, what they said was hurtful, but there it is. 
There it is. It's a big glass of offense. It's presented before us. Maybe many times a week. Maybe many times on any given day, any given month, any given year of my life that we're presented with a big glass of offense that someone has decided to pour it for us. They attack us. That's what we do in our culture, right? And you're human and I'm human, so it bothers us. And you look at it and you can't even believe it. What? You just serve me this. And what happens is, is we start formulating thought processes around it. We start looking at it from a different angle. I can't believe this. And then what happens, you start calling over your friends. Come on over here and look at this offense that somebody served me up. It's a big glass of offense that somebody served me. Can you believe this? And your thought processes start building things around it, paradigms and all of those things. You start thinking of it in that way and inside of your life. And it comes in many different, many different ways. And you, you look at it and you're saying, wow, we have a choice to make, though, at that level. Do I drink the cup of offense? Do I go from feeling offended to living offended? And that's what step two is. It's to live offended. And living offended is, you've heard it before, it's like drinking poison, expecting the other person to die. I want to tell you something today. I'm here to help people, by the way. This message is not for the faint of heart. Today, we're going to get real in this message. I have not just knocked on your door. I have barged into your living room this morning, and we're going to take care of business. Are you with me? Okay, some of you are like, I don't really know. Maybe I should check out now. See, this message is not for people that want to hold on to their stuff. This message today is for people that want to get through it and not live offended one moment more. We all have a choice whether we're going to drink the toxicity, we're going to drink it in on any given day when somebody says something, writes something about us, says something about it behind our back, and we find out. And we have a choice is whether we will take it in or we're just going to leave it there. But let me tell you, the choice to leave it there and to not take it up is a choice for a healthy soul. It's the choice for a healthy soul inside of us. The choice is for peace of mind. And sometimes you have to push and push it away because you and I are so tempted we're so tempted to want to take it in, and we want to guzzle it down, and we want to drink it. And, and, and it's a choice, though, when you resist the temptation, when you keep on saying, I am not going to drink this. I'm going to leave it there, and I don't even understand all of it. It even upsets me. It makes me mad, but I will not drink the cup of offense. I choose no. And let me tell you, that's a choice for a blessed life right there. Turn to your neighbor today and say, I need this today. Come on, I need this today. I need this. I'm saying right here, John Miller, I need this today. Turn to your other neighbor and say, and you need this too. Be nice about it. Don't speak to them like you're offended. 
one of the most toxic forms of offense is unmet expectations. Let me say that again. One of the most toxic forms of offense is unmet expectation in all of our lives. Matthew chapter 11 tells us a story about this. Let me give you a little background. John the Baptist is in prison. It's not fun for him. He's in the prison for preaching Jesus Christ. And in verse 2 it says, And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? And Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things which you hear and see. What are they? The blind see and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised up. And the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who's not offended because of me. Tell this to John. Tell John from me, blessed is he who's not offended because of me. And I want to paraphrase this a bit. Jesus said to John, blessed is he who's not offended because of something I am doing or not doing that seems unfair or inconsiderate to him. And it's safe to say as you look at this passage of Scripture that John the Baptist, who had done so much for Jesus, proclaimed him as the one fearlessly preached him to the crowds of people who gathered and pointed them to Jesus. Now John the Baptist has been put in prison and he's heard Jesus is in town and, and there's a lot of celebration going on while he's in this dirt, dark, dirty dungeon and Jesus is in the spotlight. And it's safe to say that John is in a place right now. He's going, hello, hey, yeah, don't forget about me. You remember John the Baptist? Jesus, you remember me? You remember me? I'm over here. You could... Literally, get me out of this situation right now, Jesus. You could either come over and get me out of this uh, prison, or you could just say the word. Because John understood his power. And based on the words of Jesus, he's offended. Can anybody here relate to John the Baptist today? If we would get honest, we would say yes. That the number one reason people live offended is unmet expectations. You didn't call me when you said you were going to call me. You didn't think about me in that situation. You didn't want me to. I thought you were going to do this. I thought in my mind this was going to take place. It comes to marriages, and we come into marriages and in our own lives, and we think, we say to our, to our spouse, our wife, well, my mom used to do this when I was growing up. And we formulate these things in our mind, and now you expect your wife to do all of those things that your wife did. I'm at expectation. And then to the husband, well, man, you know, my dad did this growing up, and so we didn't talk about this, but you're just formulating these things in your mind and all of that, and you're like, well, he used to do that, so I expect you to do what he did. Unmet expectations. See, offense is certain to happen. Why? Because Jesus said it in Luke chapter 17 and verse 1. He told his disciples, many of you will be offended because of me. He wasn't even talking to the non-believer. He was talking to his very own followers. You will be offended. Some of you are going to be so offended because of me. And Now that's a real interesting comment because our idea of offense is that every time we're offended, that means somebody did something wrong. But how many of you know that Jesus never did anything wrong? 
And yet he's saying some of you are going to be offended and I really didn't do anything wrong. You're just offended because I didn't do that or what you wanted me to do. You're salty, man. So no matter who you are, no matter where you're from, you will find yourself in a situation where somebody will pour you a big glass of straight-up offense. Because Jesus said, offense is going to come. It's going to happen. It's going to happen, guys. You're going to be overlooked. You're going to be insulted. You're going to be betrayed. And anywhere that you and I come in contact with other people, there is an absolute guarantee of offense. In home environments, with our children, with our families, with our spouse, in school environments, students in this place, no matter what age, as you go back to school and you're in your campuses, that, that there is a very big place where offenses could come that we could take on or in, 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 in work it could happen in the church. It can happen, and offenses are certain to happen. I mean, if Jesus was speaking to his followers, he's speaking to us today that are here, that are believers in Christ, that I'm here to tell you that offenses will certainly come, and the body of Christ is not exempt from it. I remember doing a funeral a number of years back at a local funeral home in the area, and I went out to my car after the service, I waited for the funeral director, his directions to go to the burial site. I was waiting there, and one funeral director came up to another funeral director sitting inside of the hearse. I heard a vigorous conversation happening between them, and so I rolled down my window to hear what was being said between both of them. The hearse driver asked the other funeral director, what is taking you so long to get out here and the funeral director said well the pastor was trying to get everyone saved in the building like that's a bad thing right I was like you got to be kidding me my blood pressure rose quickly in that moment I I was so I was starting to get offended. That's what was coming on me. And, and, and then I reminded, I was a pastor, okay? I was a pastor, even though I wanted to punch him. I thought for a moment, man, we're, I'm about ready to have another funeral right here in this parking lot. And for you, sir, for you. And, and about the time that, that time, the funeral director looked up and he saw that my window was down and I heard the conversation. This happened. I'm not going to say the name of the funeral home, but it took place. It looked like the funeral director swallowed a bullfrog. <laughs> Tail between his legs at that moment. I didn't say anything because I was there for the family. It's a greater purpose that was taking place there that I'm here to minister to this family and the people that are here, help them through this time of grief, and we're about ready to go to burial site. After the burial site was done there, the funeral director did come up to me. And he did apologize, which I did thank him. And, of course, I forgave him. But I was thinking, man, I only preached 20 minutes. I mean, this could have been a whole lot longer, but I didn't. <laughs> but I did take the opportunity to share with him. At every funeral, I give people the opportunity to come to Jesus. And that's something I'm not willing ever to give up. It's a non-negotiable with me. 
It's amazing. Even at funerals, we're so hurried. Such a hurry to get somewhere. Somebody will say something or do something that causes you to feel offended. Others will not always consider you. Others are going to make plans you wish that would have included you, but they did not include you. People will treat you wrong, and when this happens, you will feel offended. Somebody's going to say something that's not true about you. Somebody is going to take advantage of you. Somebody is going to underestimate you and your talent and in your time and all that you work hard for. Then on top of that, there's all these hot-button issues. There's politics. There's race. There's the gender that we see in our, in our society. They're hot-button stuff. And you don't have to go very far to find someone who sees the world completely different than you do. And when they talk, you're sure to feel offended. But I want to tell you this, just because you have the right to feel offended doesn't mean you should. Have you noticed in our social environment that people feel justified to be offended at anything that offends them? Like there's a message in our culture today. You have the right to be offended. Yes, you and you and you, you all, everybody does. You all have a right to be offended. Yes, you stay offended. Yeah, stay salty, bro. Go ahead. But just because you have an opinion doesn't mean you have to share your opinion. I'm going to step back a little bit on that one. Because I'm going to talk to the believers in this room for just a moment. If you're a non-believer in this room, we are glad to have you here, but I'm not speaking to you right now. But the believers in the room, Jesus said there's a, there's a higher standard than you going around and sharing your opinions about everything. Who do you think you are anyways? We need to take a step back as the body of Christ, but just because you and I have an opinion doesn't mean we should share it. We feel like I've got a right. I have a right. I'm entitled to it. And I'm going to say it. And I don't care who takes it in. I don't care who drinks it. And here it goes. So many people are hung up. I have the right to be offended that they fail to consider the high cost of being offended and living offended. The high cost of their own mental and spiritual health. And so they don't think about some of the things as we're going to share today. But I want to share with you in 1 Corinthians 10, 23, where the Apostle Paul says everything is permissible, but not, not everything is beneficial. In this writing, what's happening is this is the new day of liberty. This is a new day of freedom for God's people. They are coming out of legalism in the way of being under the law. That we're coming out from underneath of this. And he writes, yes, 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 we, we're, we're no longer living under the law in that world anymore. But, but, but you, you need to know something. Yes, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. So just because you have the right doesn't mean it's the best thing for you. In the online world of social media and so many people, because they feel anonymous, they hide behind a screen, they hide behind their smartphone, and they have a right that they think to take this offense to a whole nother level. We live in a salty world. And it's like online, man, they're going to pour big glasses of offense upon you, upon me. 
They're going to bash you. They're going to say stuff about you that's not true. Matter of fact, they don't even know you. And people are like, yeah, that's what we do, man. That's how we roll in our culture. We drop that. It is permissible for you as a Christian to speak your mind. But my question for you today, is it beneficial for everyone? I can read some of those things sometimes, like you read them and think, no, really, you didn't write that about me. What? No way, you said that? Are you, are you kidding me? And it's at that point, like you, that that feeling of offense comes and rises up within me, and then, then I have to remind myself I'm a Christian, right, before I say something. Because my first response is, I'm going to clean your clock. <laughs> oh, pastors feel this way too. Sorry if you thought I had a halo. My wife knows I don't, so let's just put that one down, right? We live in that world. You have a moment like that? What we have to realize is you can unfollow someone. You can unfollow them. That's easy. That's a click of the button. You don't like what they're saying. You can say, hey, I'm done. I unfollow you. And sometimes you have to unfriend people. You may unfriend somebody, and they're still going to be offended at you. See, but when you do that and say, you know what, I'm not going to have a part of that any longer, what you're saying is, I choose to be at peace within me. I feel offended so I could, but is it really beneficial? And Paul tells the church of Galatia in chapter 5 and verse 13, you were called to be free. Serve one another humbly in love. He's saying, you are free to do what you want. But that doesn't mean that if you do what you want, you'll experience the freedom that you want. The same freedom can lead to a choice that actually creates fights, strife, wars, and bondage. Oh, you are free, he says. You are free. But if you use your freedom in the wrong way, you will create your own prison and you will become hostage to your own passion and your own offense. So he's saying here, you're free. You're free to do what you want. But I suggest that you use it to be free. Use your freedom, Christ followers, to create more freedom for yourself and for others that are around you. You're free to go off on someone anytime you want. So am I. But I suggest that you exercise the freedom in a way that doesn't create more hostility and more barriers and more fights and more strife. Even though you're free, you exercise that freedom in a way that liberates every day your own soul. So when you find somebody that disagrees with you politically, you have the right to be offended after all, they're wrong, right? If they don't see it like you see it, they're wrong. They don't see it like you see it. Oh, I'm writing them off. But see, it starts as an offense, and then we drink it in, the toxins, and, and, and what happens is they begin to judge you. You begin to judge them harshly and talk bad about you and your friends, and, and then thus it begins, you know, you kind of put out, 
that out in your life, and, and uh, you wonder, man, this is crazy. And then we fail many times to see really what it's doing in us inside. And I wondered in our own church, Abundant Life Church, God help us that if we used our political preferences against one another, That we won't, more than just feel, we'll live offended. And that your beliefs don't line up with my beliefs on the politics. That there could possibly be an offense. Are they going to take it? I wonder sometimes in the climate that we are in, are people in the body of Christ going to take this to a whole new level? You don't think pastors have those thoughts? Oh, they do. Which is why we're called to transcend that. We are called to something bigger and to something greater today. And I want you to understand that. And inside of this church and inside of believers as a whole, our hope is not in a political party. Our hope has never been in a political party as I read God's word together. Our hope, our hope is in Jesus. We are kingdom people. We are Jesus, people, I hope you understand that body of Christ. We're Jesus people. We're kingdom people. We are not called to hold a political party above the King of kings and the Lord of lords ever, ever, ever. There's a higher calling than that. We're called to pray for those in authority. The apostle Paul says, we have common ground in Jesus Christ. There is going to be Republicans in heaven, and there is going to be Democrats in heaven. What? Some of you just got a revelation. You're kidding me. What? He just served me up a big glass of offense. Yeah, that is going to happen. If they know Jesus, and they've accepted him as Lord and Savior, there's going to be Republicans and Democrats and maybe some snowflakes in heaven, too. I don't even know. What? You and I aren't the judge, but we like to play the judge, don't we? They won't be in heaven. You're not the judge. I think in God's humor, he might even move you next door to one another in heaven. Oh, I got a mansion for you. Come on up, baby. When your time is done, I got a mansion. You're going to be right next to the person that opposes your political views. Just so you know the other person made it. If you've been a victim of abuse, you have a right to be offended. Research shows that one out of six boys and one out of every four girls are sexually abused before the age of 18. You have the right. When you go over that in your mind, you look at it. And I'm going to tell you something. That was so evil. The way that you were taken advantage of was so wrong. To be angry is understandable. To be offended, to feel offended is normal. There's nothing right about that. You could stare at that all day long. 
never make the wrong or right. But just because you can. See, what I'm hoping today is people in this room can begin to take a couple steps back. And I don't know what it's like being in your shoes. I'm not even going to try to do that. How you feel, what you've gone through. I'm just thinking about you right now when, when, when maybe you don't or haven't paused to think about it and maybe you haven't considered the high cost and the consequences that drinking the toxin would create for you and your family and your children and your children's children and your wife. And that's what this message is about today. I mean, it's not here trying to lighten something that's extremely horrifying. Or give any credence to its being, but just that so you know that you have a choice in the matter. You may be, you're here today and your family or other people in, in your extended family have been mistreated. You've experienced justice or, hey, because of your skin color. Because of the race that you were born into. You have a right to be offended. So many times conversation is eliminated because of the high level of offense that we carry. We don't want to talk about stuff because we're so highly offended. Jesus wants to engage us. You know, we're coming in on a topic of triggered starting for the next four weeks. It's going to engage some of these topics, not all of them. So I encourage you to come back. See, the Apostle Paul had an argument in this area. He said, there's neither Greek nor Jew in Christ. And some of you are like, that's offensive. I mean, this is me. This is my identity. This is my ethnicity. This is why we are called to be diverse. And, and, and he wasn't trying to take away anyone's natural race. He was simply trying to say that we're called to something bigger, and we have to stop seeing one another the way our culture tells us to see each other. That we so badly want to drink in the offense and stay salty that somebody will serve you something every day that could be extremely toxic in your life. And we many times look at it and we circle it and we get used to it and our thoughts are only around that offense that somebody gave us. And what we're called to do as the body of Christ is we have to break the cycle in our culture and in our church through Jesus Christ. You and me, I'm talking to you today. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you today. I'm talking to me today. I'm talking to you today. Quit displacing this stuff on many people are trying to blame unbelievers. They don't even know. Some might not even know better. I'm not trying to make an excuse to condone bad behavior. A lot of people do know. But I'm talking to us today as the body of Christ. How will this change if the body of Christ doesn't stand up and do something about it? Well, I hope it happens. It's not going to happen by itself. 
It's not going to happen by default. I'm sorry. It will not take place that way because God uses men and women of God to change the culture that is around them. Amen? Oh, it's easy. Just preach about it, Pastor, and I hope everything gets better. Well, it's not. Unless you and I do something about it. What are we going to do with the poison? We have to refuse it. And when you do, God will help bring you through it. He will. It doesn't matter what you have suffered. It doesn't matter, though they are, that's horrifying, but that we have a good God, as we sang about today, that wants to set you free. We know the social norm. I'm talking culture around us rather than God's way within us. Have you noticed that the social norm is to assume that the only way for me to not live offended is if everyone else treats me right? Have you noticed that? Everyone should treat me right, that way I think it should be. So if everyone treats me right and how I think it should be, then I'm not going to be offended. You know, otherwise I have no choice. Have you noticed that thinking? And it comes in all different shapes and all different sizes. A boss's unfair criticism, a stranger's rudeness, fault finding in our families. Like you leave me no choice but to be offended. The narrative is you offend me and I'm offended. It's your fault. It's your responsibility to make sure you don't ever offend me ever again. How many of you know that's not what God's called us to do? Anybody can give you the opportunity to be offended, but you and I get to choose if we'll live offended. See, the message of Scripture is completely opposite of today's culture. Rather than holding others responsible for ourselves not being offended, Scripture encourages us to not live offended lives. And Jesus said, blessed is the one who is not offended. That's Jesus' words. Blessed is the one who is not offended. You will be blessed. So much so, why would he say this if it was impossible? Well, it's not. Proverbs 19, verse 11, back to the Old Testament. That it's good sense that will make us slow to anger, but the last line says it, it is your glory to overlook an offense. It is actually, he says, it is a blessing to your life when you overlook an offense. It is to your credit when you overlook it rather than take it and drink it in. It is to your glory. I know that God is at work in this message. We sense that he's speaking to our hearts. I believe that. I sense that right now. What will you do after you experience offense? I mean, will you take it? Will you grab it? Will you want to drink it in? I'm going to put this thing down. And here's the kicker. If you play the victim, you stay the victim. I'm speaking to all of us as we're human. But let me tell you something. There are a lot of people in this room. You've played the victim card for a lot of years. There are people in the sound of my voice. You played the victim card. 
people keep doing stuff all my life, and I'm just, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not condoning bad behavior in this. But I'm going to tell you something: if you are going to play the victim, you will stay the victim. But if you make up your mind today, I don't want that kind of life. If you've seen it from other people, and you know, hey, I, I ask you today, in, in your life, do you want to live with that kind of bitterness spilling out of you? Do you want to live with that kind of anger and hate that, that is seeping underneath because there comes a day that will come out? It will? Do, do I choose to perpetuate hate? If not, I want to invite you to have courage to don't drink the offense. And when you do, there's a miracle that will happen because we have to understand, we can either take hold of an offense which results in letting go of the miraculous or we can let go of an offense in order to take hold of the miraculous. But you can't hold your offense and expect a miracle at the same time. So, So what should we do? Well, what we're called to do inside of Scripture is we're to take the offense and we're called to pour it out. That thing that's been offending you. You have to take and say, I will not drink it, but I will pour it out. See, it's at this moment It's undrinkable. But it's not until you pour it out that you and I will find the freedom in Christ that he's called us to liberate our souls. There's nothing in there. So when it's gone, it's gone, and the enemy has no no hold upon that area of your life. Why? Because you poured it out, and you took care of it, and so then we get the words of Jesus, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sin, your Father will not forgive you your sins. So what am I saying today? You make the choice, and God will make the change. You and I are left with a choice in this room and in this moment. What will you do with the offense that's been poured into you and for you? Will you drink it or will you pour it out and forgive those that have done so many things against you? What will you do? So the bondage that has kept your soul captive can be poured out today for freedom. Freedom in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father, I pray right now, Lord, as I sense your presence in this place. To come and bring healing, Lord, upon your people. Help those in this room that have been abused. Lied to. said things about 
things that have been done to people in this room, Lord, that didn't deserve it, but God, it happened, and it was evil, and it's horrifying. Father, I pray for your people today. I pray for courage to come upon us, Lord, to pour out the offense that has been given to us, to bring strength, Lord, in this moment where we desperately need you and that, God, we would forgive. We would forgive those. Maybe it's some that are in this room today that's the person sitting next to you. Maybe it's a person across this room today that you never let them know, but they offended you and you've always hung on to it. Maybe you said, Pastor, you've offended me. And I know that there's probably a time that I have, but would you in this room today say, I'm going to make this right. God, with you, Maybe it's with somebody in this room. Somebody at home. Somebody at your workplace. Maybe it's a friend, a colleague. Would you take this opportunity today and pour it out and let God's healing give you strength today? Father, I thank you for this, Lord. We need you. That even though we feel offended, we don't have to live that way, but we can live free as the Apostle Paul told us we can live. And I thank you for it today. And I give you the honor and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand to our feet feet today, if you will. Would you... This morning as you leave this place, maybe you're saying, you know, there's just something I can't get through. Maybe something, somebody's done something. Somebody said something about me. And today, maybe it's you saying, I just need prayer. And that's why the body of Christ is here. We'll help each other through it. And so our pastoral staff will be down front. Maybe you just need prayer over your life. And it, it, it doesn't mean you've done something wrong. Maybe somebody's done something against you. And we need to just bring that today and get the freedom that Christ wants us to have. So I pray that over your life today. And I pray that we would leave this place really free, Christ-like freedom to be liberated from our bondage. And as we leave this place, we would do that to the world that is around us that desperately needs the body of Christ to step up and stop being silent on these things. Come on, let's be healing in our homes. Let's be healing in our communities. Let's be healing in the state that God has placed us in, in this nation and in the world that God so loved so much that he gave his only begotten son. Amen. Pray God's blessing upon you. We'll be back here next week as we start our four-part series on Triggered. Next week's on substance abuse. I want to encourage you, Maybe bring somebody. There's going to be a powerful testimony next week from somebody who's gone through substance abuse, has come delivered, been delivered, come out the other side and is free and whole, 
and it has influenced so many hundreds of lives, and it's going to be a great time together. So let's come, let's expect God to do great things. Amen? God bless you. Have a happy Labor Day.